You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. Inside the Fox 59 CBS 4 Podcast Studio, welcome to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast this week two of the 2023 NFL season. I'm Dave Griffiths, joined by Mike Chappell, Matt Adams right here. Uh, we have one game to talk about, which uh, Matt already did a splendid job earlier this week, uh, offering some insight from week one, the Colts-Jaguars season opener. Horseshoes fall to the Jags, 31-21. Uh, also a little bit of Shane Steichen postgame mixed in there, a little bit of Anthony Richardson postgame mixed in there. Uh, so if you are a just a weekly subscriber or a tune-inner to the podcast, make sure you make it bi-weekly. Uh, in the regular season uh, as the as the year goes on to get a few thoughts early in the week before we kind of touch on I guess last week which we'll still do today but also dive deep into uh, this week two matchup the Colts have a second straight AFC South showdown uh, in Houston against the Texans coming up we will first uh, talk about week one we've got quarterbacks going head-to-head chap you have something you want to say just one thing about the Monday podcast that Matt will throw out there we we just take snippets of of Steichen and Richardson their postgame so this gives you a chance to hear more of what they had to say, and I think fans really like to hear more in depth as much as those are in depth. But it gives you more about what they're thinking, which I think is a valuable unfiltered. So if you if you just hate that guy Mike Chappell who writes for Fox fifty nine CBS four Indy dot com, and you, you know, take things out of context exactly all the time, you can get it straight from the horse's mouth there in, in, in that podcast uh, on Monday. So uh, so that'll be out there for you. I have never ever very seldom taken things out of context. Never ever. I'll try, try very, not very to. seldom right okay from time to time maybe it slips out but uh let's 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 dissect that week one uh game first of all some some maybe some major takeaways especially that can uh look forward uh into the rest of the season but colts led chap 21 17 uh entering the fourth quarter uh but then things kind of fell apart there as they gave up the big punt return to jamal agnew which you knew you knew the entire game rigo was trying to avoid because he did not have a good game like still i i would still say it was a bad game for Sanchez, like he he didn't do it as well as he has in the past, like directional punts to the sideline. Like his punts just came off his foot weird. But nevertheless, uh, all that to say, that really started to turn the tide and the defense just started to not be able to um, do what it was doing earlier in the game. It looked like the Jacksonville offense really took that momentum and was able to build on it in the fourth quarter. And eventually the Colts defense could not hang on as they had been for the rest of that game. And Jacksonville pulled away for the win. And that wasn't a bad punt. I mean, it was, no, that was the, a fine punt. Uh, five yard, six yard line. They had three guys there. The Colts did. I think uh, 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 the uh, uh, Luke Rose and, and the rookie Jalen uh, Jones was there. And Jalen Jones just lost track of things, and the, the guy got out. So who knows? You know, down it at the five-yard line and hold him, and then you don't know. Then you got field position, but it just shows you how w- when you've got a small margin of error, as this team's going to have all year, it, it just is. You can't have blow-up plays on special teams because it just comes back and bites you. And I'll say this, Matt: like if it's if it's Ashton Doolin down there as the gunner, who knows what it is? And that's why Chris Bauer will tell us year after year until he's blue in the face that all 53 guys on the roster matter. Yeah, I, I mean, that that's the thing. That's, that, that's the worst part about Doolin not being out there is that you have that veteran presence out there. He's a great special teams guy. So he's got his head on the swivel. He's going to probably down that ball. You got your rookie down there. Not quite as aware yet, just still kind of getting his feet wet on things. And then that just is something that Major League turned that game around. Here's a major takeaway that I had from week one. And, Chap, you and I were talking about this just earlier today uh, on Thursday as we were uh, at Colts headquarters doing some interviews this week. Um, like, there are some ways that this game, the way it played out, reminded me of last year because – 
you had a lead entering the fourth quarter or you played well for the beginning of the game and then down the stretch things start to spiral a little bit out of control defense couldn't hang on anymore and there it goes and the reason for that in my opinion is there is no running game to speak of right now to keep the defense on the sideline and rest up a little bit so they are still active and energetic uh, just as much as uh, the offense is, you know, in the fourth quarter. Um, and it's it goes back to some of the chain Steichen said right at the beginning of his introductory press conference, I think it was. We will throw to score. We will run to win. If you cannot run, you can't win. You will not win. And that's where the Colts were this week. I, there, there's a lot of things, I think, to be said that was good about Anthony Richardson's performance. There's some bad mixed in there as well, of course, and we'll talk about that. But I think the, the microscope really has to fall on the absence of a run game leading to a tired, worn-out defense in the fourth quarter that could not keep up with a high-powered Jacksonville offense at that point. That, that's what I took away from the game. I don't blame the defense, really. I don't blame uh, the, the play calling. I don't blame Richardson's interception. I don't blame the punt return as much. I would blame the run game for being, compl- being so inadequate that it spills over to other aspects of the game. And, that, I mean, it, I thought it was just another feather in the cap for Jonathan Taylor to be like, look how valuable I am. Look how valuable the running game is. Uh, in his uh, continued, I guess, uh, uh, battle for uh, for respect, for for money, for contract, whatever you might have it. So that was like I, I thought that 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 was the most concerning thing from week one to me was the fact that they could not run the football, and uh, and and that led to other problems elsewhere. Yeah, I don't think you're right. This does sort of in Taylor's mind say, see, I make a difference. It's not going to move the needle from the team, I don't think. I don't think they're going to say, boy, you know, we really need Jonathan Taylor. Well, mm-hmm. they know that. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think this is going to – No, it's re- not a tipping point. No, uh, but but it, it, to me it's just an indictment of this team knowing where they were with Taylor, which was nowhere. I mean, there, there was virtually no chance he was opening the season on the active roster. And now he's out four games, maybe more, we'll see. Yet you go into the season – with this running backs room and, and we're not trashing the individual players these guys are given a chance so that you're criticizing the team for putting them in a position that they're either not ready for or not up to snuff for which is probably what it is mm-hmm. you know it's not Deion jackson now it's Deion jackson's fault that he fumbled twice right and dropped a pass right but you know he he was he's never been that guy, I think he had 270 yards in his career rushing. Uh, and I've always said that with this group, it, it tells you where the running backs room is, where the where, where the roster is when you really, really miss Zach Moss. <laughs> I mean, when you're desperate for Zach Moss to come back, because he he had a really, really strong December. I think he was like seventh in the league in rushing with 300 and whatever 80 some yards. And hopefully, I think there's a really good chance he plays this week. And oh, by the way, his career game came in week 17, week 18 last year with 114 yards in that against incre- the Texans. And had incredible loss. <laughs> fourth and what was it? Fourth and the, the zillion. All I know is, yeah, yeah, it was the game that kept Bryce Young from going to Houston. Right. <laughs> so, it, it, but you're right. It, it's this team was never. I don't think this team ever believed it needed to be top five in rushing, although it would be nice. But to, to, to put this offense in the – to put the rookie quarterback in the position to where this is your running game. He was our leading rusher 
Ten rushes, forty yards. Ten for yards. forty, and it, and every but the the backs had sixteen for twenty five. I think it was. Yep. One point six. One point six yards one per po- carry. One point six seven. No, one point whatever. It's it's not enough. It's it's not it's not four downs of of that getting to a first down. Mm-mm. So yeah, it's in. Whole, you you cannot keep relying on the quarterback to convert third and seven, third and twelve, because you're getting. I think I looked and in Jackson had three or four carries for like one yard, zero yards on first down. So you're always behind behind the chains, and it 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 was gonna be. This is gonna be a difficult year, and they've made it worse by not having somebody more proven. At running back, and hopefully Zach Moss will make will be back and make a difference on Sunday. I'll say this too, Matt, is that like I I've always felt that the offensive line should be able to get you like three yards per carry. Like three yards per carry is not good in the NFL. It it would go over the entire season of being the worst in the league if you if you average three yards the entire year. So so there everybody needs to get in sync on the offensive side of the ball, and, and it it continues to be a concern. Like you, you cannot look at this game and. And and completely say that yeah you know the concerns you had about the offensive line last year are, are are gone because like I said like I think the offensive line should be able to get you a couple yards per carry and that just didn't happen this week fourth and inches exactly that do they they need to get to well, get that and, one. and it's it's a problem that compounds because you can't run the ball early in a down so that puts you behind schedule as as they say then let's say you do get a nice pass on second down or maybe you open up with a eight or nine yard pass on first down. Then they can't convert on third and short, fourth and short. And they tried a lot of different things. They, they tried the Deion Jackson up the middle play. They tried the Deion Jackson, we're going to toss it and stretch out the defense play that I, I despise. They tried the Philadelphia quarterback sneak and still could not pick up a yard when they needed it. Here's the deal about the Philly sneak, by the way, for, for everyone out there is like, how does this not work? I'll say this about Jalen Hurts. Like, you've probably seen the videos of him online squatting 600 pounds. That is a beast of a squat. He has the lower body strength of a of a bodybuilder. And Richardson, Anthony Richardson's a big quarterback, a strong quarterback, but he's not out there squatting those 600 pounds. Um, it also helps that uh, Hurts is smaller, like in, in squats too. If you're a lifter out there, if you're a bodybuilder and you do squats, you know the shorter legs help you with squats because you don't have to go as far. Like Richardson's a tall dude. It would take a lot of energy to, to squat 600 pounds for him. But all, all that to say... Like Jalen Hurts is a quarterback who is specifically designed for for that. Like he seems like he is um, specifically designed to be good in that play. It might be more challenging for Richardson um, than than you might think. Even though being a six five, two hundred fifty pound quarterback, you think, oh, he's huge. He could push the pile. Well, there, there it, there's a more things that go into that, I guess, with with his size that that make it slightly more difficult. I would say that he should still make it anyway. Like I, I'm not trying to trying to absolve him of all, all responsibility, but you put him behind Ryan Kelly and Quentin Nelson, you would sincerely hope that that he can gain an inch or two for so crying out loud. You would think loud. that you would get enough push from your offensive line that yeah. your your big strong quarterback would be able to. Get get just that little bit of yardage because yeah. it wasn't all it was inches, mm-hmm. you know, that yeah. we were talking about in that that particular situation. Some injuries on the offensive line, chap. Quentin Nelson, Braden Smith did not practice this Wednesday, and and, and we we've talked that on this podcast throughout the off season and particularly in training camp that that you might you might be optimistic about the starting offensive line to return to the form it had several years ago, but 
if there were was an injury or two, then you would start to really be scraping the bottom of the barrel when it comes to experience in the NFL and reliability, things that you can depend on. And if there are significant injury concerns, we'll see what happens in, in practice for the rest of the week. But it's not good to see two of your star offensive linemen on the injury report in just the first week of the season. And we'll see what happens today yes. on Friday. Again, you, you can tell nothing from the locker room. I talked to Braden five minutes on, on, on Wednesday, and he looked fine. You know, you, I, I don't know how you don't look fine when you've got, a, what was it, a knee and an ankle in the locker room. And Quentin had the toe. What, he missed like two or three snaps in the game? A couple, yeah. But, it, but right it, it's, a toe, it's a toe for an offensive lineman to, mm-hmm. to push off of. So it's, yep. it's, it's a thing. So, yeah, we'll see. I, I don't get too been out of shape on injury reports until Friday. You know, last week, Zach Moss was limited for three days, and he's like, well, maybe he's got a chance, but then they downgraded him to doubtful. Uh, it's just these – most teams are like this. The Colts certainly are. If a guy's got something, that's that's something. They He doesn't practice for a day or two. It's just, just And these are veteran guys, so they can get by without it. But as we've talked about, you know, ad nauseum, they've got four or five guys, if you lose them, the drop-off to the next guy is, is immense, and that certainly is the case on the offensive line. More injuries from that week one game. Drew Ogletree left with a concussion. He did not participate in practice Wednesday. If you'll remember the NFL's concussion protocol, you need a limited participation day in practice, then a full participation day in practice, and then to be cleared by an uh, independent uh, physician. So it would take a lot for Drew to be ready to go this Sunday. He would need, on this day as we talk, a, a limited participation in practice on Thursday, then full on Friday, and then to be cleared. So there, there's just no 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 room for error right now if you want Ogletree back. And, and they really don't push that. Yeah, they, they no, just they don't. don't. So I, I I would expect him not to play. You'd hope for next next week to play. Shaq missed, gosh, one, one concussion. He missed three games in year two, and last year it's hard to know what he was going to miss mm-hmm. because he had the fractured nose at the same time. But right. Players react different, and you know, hey, again, he looked fine in the locker room yesterday. Well, so what? Exactly. <laughs> you know, you, you don't see the Tweety Birds in his head or whatever. <laughs> so, but no, they, they are extremely cautious, and they should be. These are injuries that none. It's not like well, you got a sprained ankle. It takes this. No, concussions are different for everybody. One of the best things I thought about the first injury report with Wednesday's practice, Matt, was the fact that Anthony Richardson was not on it. Because last week, I, there was some, I, I thought that he might show up limited on the report because he tweaked his knee in that game. He did not. He was out there full participation. In yeah, I, I thought uh, there might be something with his knee. There might be something with his ankle or something along those lines. But, you know, he said he was fine after the game. Steichen said he just got a little banged up and he would be fine and they weren't anticipating. But I still thought he would either appear on the injury report as limited in practice or maybe even full with like ankle knee or something along those lines they said he could have gone back in right but 50 was it a minute to play and yeah you need it, they needed the two scores why? at that point mm-hmm. and we had a good talk with him with richardson yesterday and this will be we had this talk with andrew luck year after year after year is for a quarterback like that who who big and strong almost seeks out contact which is you shouldn't do as a quarterback right but it's no when to say when. When is it enough? And you're going to get hit normally, but, you know, when can you? A lot of times when he gets out on the corner or these, he needs X number of yards. And a couple of times you're going to have to cut in to, for contact as opposed mm-hmm. to going out. And the one where he got lit up was, what was it, first and goal at the three? And you're, you're trying to score. Yeah. I remember having we had the thing with Luck all the time, and then he had the really serious injury was at the – ruptured or 
spleen, was that the, the kidney? kidney? Kidney, yeah, yeah lacerated kidney. kidney. kidney yeah. Was I. Th- those, that's a football play. You're down inside the five, and you're trying to score. So it's just when, when he's out and about, and, and you can, can either get out of bounds or, you know, if you need seven, get eight, and then go down instead of trying to get 12. Yep. And he'll, he'll learn. He's got so much going on. Mm-hmm. The, the, the hardest thing for him is going to be to say, that's enough, because that's not the way he's built. I, I think it, in, in this discussion, when you have more weapons around you, you can trust those weapons to get more yards for you. How would he trust what's around and him? And that's right? the problem yeah. right now. As much as Anthony Richardson says that he trusts the guys around him, I believe that he does to some extent. But there comes a point where you realize that you are the biggest weapon that this team has, and you are the best chance, you think, of getting in the end zone, and other guys out there do not have the same opportunity you think you have as you are three yards out chance to dive in if you so want, if you're trying to. So you are doing it for the team in that sense. Like that, that's the thought process that happens in a split second when you're down there near the goal line, you realize our running backs are averaging 1.6 yards per carry today. We've been stopped on fourth and inches. We cannot gain a single yard Somehow there. that has to go through his mind instantly. In- instantly. Like all this thing, like I said, all this happens instantly. So I get completely, and it was the same thing or a similar thing for Andrew Luck at that time. Like, you need, and this goes to Chris Ballard, you need to put great weapons around your star quarterback in order to keep him from thinking that way. You think Patrick Mahomes is a great mobile quarterback. He runs really well. We've seen him do it in the past, but he so rarely gets injured while running. He did the other year, last year. That was in the AFC Championship game. Like, he doesn't like he he has had more of a um like more of a disciplined approach to it cuz he's had more weapons around him in the past whether it was Tyree Kill whether it was uh Travis Kelsey like who whoever like the, the star quarterbacks that can run that often get down quicker are the ones who have more weapons around them who they trust more to get those yards I remember in Peyton's early years it took Tony Dungy to sort of say a punt's not a bad thing because in, in Peyton's mind and a lot of quarterbacks' minds, a punt is a bad thing because if you don't trust your defense, you're going to be seven points, three, three points further down. Uh, so, yeah, I, it, it, this might come to Richardson, and it might not. Watch Josh Allen last week. Forget the inter- the turnovers. I mean, those, but he still seeks out contact mm-hmm. this deep into his career because that is who he is. Uh Again, I think on a lot of the runs that they design or the options for Richardson, I think he can do a decent job of not getting blown up. I thought you, so too. You you get more risky plays in the pocket. Yeah. You know, but but he has to. He this isn't a criticism. He just has to grow into when. How do how do I remember that Trevor Lawrence talked to him after the game? Protect yourself. Yep, that's what he said. Uh, and and that's not that's where the balance is. Is you got to protect longevity is what you want you know in short term it's 17 games so how do you balance getting as much as you can out of a play out of a series without putting your body at more risk than it inherently is in and, and I'll, I'll say that once again if you're talking about protecting the quarterback another day where i was not concerned by uh by uh bernard ryman he i think he gave up one pressure in the entire game so that that is a that is a far cry better. Than those we guys saw last have year. those guys have edge pass rushers. They do. Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Yeah, they can move them around back and forth. This what, side, there, that there, side. Were four, there were four sacks and two or three, three, two or three hits, but two or three of the sacks were outside the pocket and. Yep. They were like for no. Yeah, yards. it was like a run for no gain type right. of type As of deal. As opposed to, yeah. to to Matt Ryan just getting, just getting blown up. <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah, I, I was encouraged, but the run game. But they 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 sixty five yards and forty on the quarterback, mm-hmm. and it's kind of cool to say, yeah, and the quarterback, you know, let him. It's not a good thing for your quarterback to lead you in rushing. No. It's just not. No. How's it working in Chicago? Not well. Not 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 ideal, as the kids say. No, but um with um. With, with the run game again, this is something else that that was that was a takeaway I thought from from week one and, and looking forward. Something that will pay dividends down the road when it comes to the run game and its relationship with the pass game. We heard like we we asked Shane post game about uh, just the lack of downfield plays, and that was a, a topic of conversation last year too that you didn't go downfield uh, enough. But they they said that you know they they Jacksonville was taking them away. And that's because you could have seven players in the box and stop this run game right now, and you could have two safeties deep and take away those deep passing games. And, and with Richardson, from what we've seen from him in the preseason and what you saw from him in Florida, his deep ball is really, really good. It is probably the best aspect of his quarterbacking game right now. He is He can throw it forever. He can throw it pretty accurately forever, too. So you want to make him work down the field in the short passing game. You want to make that running game go, which it hasn't yet this year, and keep him from doing something that you saw he was able to do in the preseason. And, and as long as the Colts can't run the ball, they're not going to get those opportunities, as many opportunities to go down the field. You're not going to see Pittman 40 yards down the field. And they finally saw Pittman in the second half, for crying out loud, one target in the first half is not enough. You did not see Alec Pierce in that week one game because that's his biggest strength right now early in his career is the downfield passing what game. Have one catch for five yards. Yeah, that was it. And he, oh, got, and he got, kind of got blown up on that near the end of the fir- uh, he first did. half. He did, yeah, it was a big hit. Uh, so, so yeah, like, like you say, you're disappointed in what Alec Pierce did week one. Now, I can agree with that. If, if, if you're out there as a Colts fan, like you want to see more from Alec Pierce. I would also say that the Jaguars were taking away his biggest strength at the time because you can't run the football right now. So you can't take advantage of some of his opportunities. If they have safety help over the top and he's double covered on all these deep balls or deeper balls, you're trying to get to him. Like it starts at that point with running the football and that being a legitimate threat that you can pick up five yards on first down if you don't have that threat they're going to continue to drop two safeties deep you're not going to get behind the defense as much and everything else is affected by it that that's that's again it, it comes back like i said chapter running the football and, and until they can fix that there are going to be other parts of their colts game that just struggle this year and we'll see how it goes but a uh, practice today joel erickson our friend from the star uh quentin nelson is working on the side with trainers i it's going to take you know a, a court order to keep Quentin off, off the field. Uh-huh. Braden Smith's back, and uh, Drew Oglefree's out there practicing in a red jersey, so he's got time. There we go. Wow. He's got time. It's possible. Uh, so, again, but you got to get the lineman back. It's just they, – they, yeah. they, 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 again, we're, we're going to beat this to death, but they, they need to have this line together to grow, to grow together. And like you said, I, I was in, incredibly encouraged by Bernhard Ryman. So we'll, you know, the the problem we have in the media now is, is such a knee jerk reaction week to week. But how do you not have concern on the run game? You have to. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the run game, uh, the Colts have added Jake Funk running back to the fifty three man roster and placed uh, rookie Evan Hall. Well, he was active Sunday. 
Yes, you're. Well, he was he was called up, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he, he was signed from the press. He's, yeah. he's on the active. Yeah, now squad, now yeah. he's on the now roster. On the so roster. See, they did address the active roster running back room. There you go. Boom, right there. Jake Funk, uh, problem solved. Uh, and Evan Hall, the rookie, is placed on injured reserve after he will, uh, his I was injury. told he will be back this year. That's that's four games. Okay, good. So he will be back. It was good. an unfortunate thing. He had a nice run, one of their few, yep. and then, and then pff, out. Sorry, dude. No, no, no good. A couple other practice squad moves this week. We won't we won't bog you all down throughout the year with practice squad moves because that would take. As up. we sit here right now, <laughs> if I gave you a dollar for every practice squad player you could name, how many dollars would you get? I'd get a couple just because I'm in the locker room and I see the names on the uh, like on the wall and i'm like who is this guy ah yeah he's not on the 53 he's not on the 53 but i, I would bet the the fine folks listening to this podcast would not just because they're not in the locker room and, they then, don't but see the, that. and that's what ballard does he he moves guys around this tight end for that tight end yep. and, uh, so so but it's really kind of funny that sometimes they, they'll make a transaction well we've we've signed this guy and released this guy and you say I, who? I didn't remember that guy was on the roster. <laughs> no, I've never the heard of either squad. of these guys. But also, uh, Mike Strawn gone from the practice squad this week. He was waived. So that's one name that Colts fans know. To Carolina. Reunited with Frank Reich down there in Carolina. You look at Strawn, you think, now. This is it. This is it. This is this. Well, this is it. Or this is the time he's going to shine. And it just hasn't worked nope. here. Nope. No, it is not. Uh, best of luck to him elsewhere. Maybe it works elsewhere. Um, so he's with, like I said, Frank Reich. And maybe maybe Bryce Young can uh, unlock the magic that is Mike Strawn down there. We're on to Houston. Colts take on the Texans. And number two overall pick in this year's draft, C.J. Stroud at NRG Stadium this weekend. One o'clock Sunday kickoff. If you're in central Indiana, it'll be broadcast on Fox 59. Texans opened their season with a loss to the Ravens, 25-9. to Not a whole lot of offense uh, to speak of. C.J. Stroud, not a... Not a terrible day, not a bad day, I don't think, by any sense of the word for a rookie quarterback. Completed 28 passes of his 44 attempts because they were trailing for a lot of the time. Couldn't really get into the run game with Damian Pierce. Uh, 242 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, but was sacked five times. So you have that Raven defense that is throwing the whole book uh, at you as a quarterback, and I'm sure that has something to do with uh, the five sacks and uh, and for Stroud. So... Uh, so yeah, the, uh, that's, that's their first, Im- our first impression of the Texans this year. Uh, chap, I, I, with, with just nine points, you can chalk that up in part to the, the tough Baltimore defense, but also it has to be the, uh, the Texans offense has got to be a work in progress this year too. Same as here. It, right. No question. Uh, uh, it was 5.5 yards an attempt. Frank always had, I think it was. 7.4, 7.5. Yeah, right around that range is what he wanted. And, and that's even Shane Steichen mentioned that when, when you're when you're judging, evaluating your passing game, it's yards per attempt. And the last couple of years, I mean, last year it was abysmal mm-hmm. because they couldn't, couldn't, wouldn't, whatever, they just pushed the ball down the field. Uh, I, I just think this, again, where when you've got two of these offenses with young quarterbacks, it's which, which young quarterback makes – the fewest mistakes and makes those three or four plays. I don't care who the quarterback is. We've talked about this. You're going to have to make three, four, five plays mm-hmm. at some point. Yep. And if your guy does and their guys doesn't, then you got a great chance. This is really going to be interesting because it's going to be, I'll probably write about it tomorrow, but it's, it, it's two top five quarterbacks against each other. Well, not really. Cause you know, they will never face off against Peyton, each other. On the field I, never, I never played against, Tom Brady, right? You know, which, but but so but that's these guys are tied to the hip, same way Edron was to Ricky Williams, Peyton was to Leaf, 
And what's really cool, and we've written about it and talked about it, is is the, the landscape of the AFC South moving forward could very well be young quarterbacks. You know, Trevor Lawrence, who's who's kind of the old man. What was it? Was it two years ago? <laughs> right. This First is third overall year pick. Here, and, yeah. You know, Richardson here, and and, and you got Will Levis. Will Levis in Tennessee, which yeah. the way Tannehill played, we may see the Will, the Will Levis there very quickly. <laughs> so th- that's what's encouraging, and and the theme all year that we're going to harp on is yeah, you know, did the Colts win, lose? How did they play? But how is the quarterback progressing? That's what. We're all going to be because mm-hmm. that—that's in the end. That's all that matters. Is—is is he? Do you see the quarterback doing things? And I—I I saw enough Sunday to say that—that that he can't do it. He—I he, I know that he can do it because he's shown that he can. So encouraged. But th- this will be interesting because you got both young quarterbacks and all the spotlight will be on these these guys this week and moving forward. Yeah, I think Colts fans can look at week one and, and definitely have be, be optimistic about the future. And, and more. You didn't walk away thinking, what like, okay. the heck do we have? Yeah, no, you did not think that at all. And, and with the Texans, with Stroud... Uh, Matt, you go out there and you throw for nearly 250 yards against the Ravens defense. Like it's it's not the two touchdowns that Richardson had, but at the same time, you you don't walk away from Week One saying, "Dear Lord, what have we done?" So I, I think there's some optimism there. Now he's coming back home for his first home start. Like like, like Mike said, this this season is about is going to be for both of these teams seeing how these quarterbacks progress throughout the year. But after Week One. You're not you're not not even thinking about throwing in the towel yet. It's, it seemed like a decent start for C.J. Stroud too. I think there were a lot of similarities actually. If you just kind of read the recaps of the Colts game and, and the, the Texans game, is both defenses seem like they're okay. You know, they're pretty good and even in, in some situations. But the offenses are kind of holding back because they're just not quite there yet. But they, they can the get ball. there. They didn't run the ball either, did they? No, they no, they didn't run the ball. Um, it was uh, 23 carries for 72 yards, 3.1 yards. Better than the Colts. I was going to say, uh, the offensive line, just a decent offensive line, should get you three <laughs> yards per carry. The Texans at least got three yards per carry. And, and I was really surprised. I mean, looking at, uh, I'm going to throw Bryce Young in the conversation too, but all three of those rookie quarterbacks that started this uh, past week, all of them had near 40 uh, passing attempts, mm-hmm. which um, I did not think that the Colts would sniff 40 pass attempts with Richardson, but sometimes that's you know how things work out. They did a lot of short stuff with him too, a lot of in rhythm throws early and 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 things like that. But it's a, it's a lot to put on your your rookies to have them throw like 40 passes a game for sure. And so that, that's not what you you totally want. And both teams would like to run the ball better. With with um, with Houston, they. They fell behind, I think, a little bit earlier, yeah. so they were so they, that's the why Colts they were throwing more. It's not like the Colts abandoned the run. No, no, not they at just, all. They just they just couldn't do. It. They they at some point, you, you, it's ridiculous to keep trying to run the ball mm-hmm. when you can't run it. You're just wasting plays. So I, I think it'll get better. Zach Moss will make a difference because he's because the other guys just weren't reliable options. Uh, but yeah, it, you know, I'll harp on this. It, it's it's a cool thing to see your quarterback lead you in rushing. That's not a good sign. It no. just isn't. No, it's not. No. And, and, unless he just breaks like an 80-yard run or something which like that, will. which, which is fine. Be, they, he will do that. And, yep. and that would be fine. But you don't want the 10 carries for 40 yards to be your best no. offensive player right there. Other side of the ball, head coach D'Amico Ryans brought in as a stud defensive mind from San Francisco, had one of the best defenses in the league for several years out there. And he was going to have probably his choice of where he wanted to go somewhat uh, in, in terms of uh, of head coaching gigs and goes to Houston. 
Uh, certainly a place with a strong defensive pedigree. They had J.J. Watt for years. Uh, had for for years when back when I was playing fantasy football, a defense that you would you would want out there. Um, hasn't been for the last couple of years for sure. But uh, you, you you draft Will uh, Will Anderson there uh, in the first round, right outside, right behind C.J. Stroud at third overall. You're hoping that he builds into. A, a, a stud pass rusher for years to come. And against the Ravens defense, I mean, the Ravens offense, which can kill you with Lamar Jackson out there. It can be a dangerous unit. Certainly seemed to perform fairly well, allowing just 265 total yards. They forced two turnovers. I, I think that for Houston in week one, on the road in Baltimore, Matt, you could probably be pretty optimistic if you're looking at what D'Amico Ryans has done with this defense. Just I, there, there's a long way to go, but but you you like what you saw in spite of a loss there in well, week one. Th- that's exactly why you brought in D'Amico Ryans as as your coach because he is a really he, those San Francisco defense defenses that he was the coordinator for, fantastic, and um, you you know that they're going to play sound football, and I, I do think you know it sets up a pretty interesting matchup this week for the Colts. Yeah, uh, I would agree. Uh, uh, chap, uh, let's see here. That side of the ball, when you're talking about red zone as well, defense, they, uh, the Texans surround, surrendered three touchdowns and five trips. I mean, that's they, they kept them out of the, the end zone a few times there, but uh, Baltimore was able to convert a couple times there as well. Uh, it, it seems like this could be a defensive matchup. It comes down to, uh, comes down to that. And, and like you said, if a defense forces a one of these rookie quarterbacks into mistakes late in the game, that could be something that's a deciding factor. Well, it's something else the Colts probably won't have to face this week is a quarterback making a couple, two or three incredible throws. Right. Trevor Lawrence threw three or four that were just, you know, either his guy makes the great catch or no one gets it. Yep. The touchdown. Touchdown was an incredible I mean, grab. we had so much concerns about Dallas Flowers and, and Daryl Baker I thought they played pretty well. They were fine to me. It, it, it goes back to when Peyton which went back to Marino where they said there's no defense for the perfect pass. Mm-hmm. Well, that was their ego talking, but it was true. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, I'm really – I was encouraged by the off, or by the defense. And as you've mentioned, the problem is going to be how how long can it, can it hold up and keep you in a game. The offense has got to do – what was it, 2 of 12 on, on – Third down, yeah, mm-hmm. one of five on fourth down, or yeah, on fourth down, that that's not sustainable. Everyone knows, but but by the, the Colts did a great job on third down. They really did. I think Jacksonville was three of fifteen or something. Yeah, like they, that. they were not much better at so, all. So so, but at some point, you know, it's you've got the lead, you've got the lead, and then you give up two touchdowns and gosh, a minute, minute six, whatever it is. And this team is not equipped, I don't think, to handle the sudden changes in a game. So it's just don't make mistakes. It's it's this is, this isn't complicated. Don't 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 help the other team because you're not in a position to overcome that. Yeah, that, that fourth quarter sequence, I believe, went three and out. Then they punted to Jacksonville. Jacksonville went for it near midfield on a sneak, which the Colts stuffed. I think it was Zaire Franklin in that in that play. Then after that, it was the punt that got returned for 46 right. yards. Compounded, then touchdown, interception, touchdown, right. and, and that was that was just the, the worst sequence that the Colts could have had there. Yeah, the, uh, Jacksonville had some some weapons that you're not going to see this week in Houston either. Calvin Ridley, to me, proved oh, that yes. he, he, he's just fine. Yes. He's going to have a very good year there in Jacksonville. And like that that touchdown drive they had in the first quarter, I thought the first throw that 
that Trevor Lawrence had to Ridley down there on the uh, like the the far uh, hook to the, to the sideline was an incredible throw because he's rolling against his body, throws it on a rope thirty yeah. yards right to him as he turns around. It was perfect timing route, and then the one in the back of the end zone w- w- was great too. But Ridley looked every bit uh, the piece that that he can be for them this year. Travis Etienne with the big run in the fourth quarter. But if you're looking at explosive players for the Houston Texans, they're, they're, the list is yeah, is not long. No. Uh, there would not be a, a lot of company on that list if there was even one person on that list, to be perfectly honest. You have Damian Pierce as your, uh, your number one running back. Uh, Nico Collins is your number one wide receiver. I believe they went out and signed Dalton Schultz uh, from the Cowboys at tight end, who's had a really couple productive years in Dallas for sure. You bring him in trying to be a, a reliable target for your rookie quarterback. But... Uh, but it's not the same threat level, I don't think, uh, Matt, uh, when you're looking at the uh, the weapons that are around C.J. Stroud as as the Colts had to face last week when they were uh, when they were playing the Jaguars. It's a rather familiar roster construction, is it not? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Yeah, I, I mean, for for me, I would take the the Colts uh, weapons over the over the Texans weapons. And, and I, I'm I, not overly impressed with the Colts. No, weapons. exactly. No, I'm not either. But but at least like I I still like Pittman. And, and I think that he's better than anyone else that, that Houston has. And he showed it. The dang, just, just dead gum. Get him the ball. Like, get him the ball. Yep. Like, don't don't just have one target to him and a half. Try to get him the ball that on the screen. That 39-yard bubble he is, screen. He is de- deceptively fast. We haven't seen that speed because they've not put him in a position to use it. And also, like, and, and he's, like... He has not shown early in his career a great propensity to get separation in routes. He makes a lot of contested catches, and so he does so that you really well. It. Exactly, you got to scheme it. You got to like re- remember his one of his first touchdowns, like in his his rookie year, and he had that crossing route. I think it was against the Green Bay Packers. He catches it, and he has separation because you got it from the scheme, and he's able to run downfield, like figure out a way to get him the ball in space, and he usually does good things with it. Usually does good things. Well, with that's it. why I say that it, it's it's. The one game you have knee jerk, but I, you know, I was encouraged by him. They've got to get the ball to Pierce more, which, like you said, it means then taking some shots downfield because mm-hmm. that's that that was the the, the the criticism last year of him, although he had a decent year, is they didn't take shots downfield because they couldn't. Josh Downs had two or three pretty impressive plays. Mm-hmm. He he and he and the quarterback have not surprisingly good good chemistry because they they were roommates in training camp. So it, it's there, but but like you said, until they can get what, whatever you want to call a reliable run game, 105 yards, I don't know, yeah. whatever, it makes everything else so much harder. Yeah, let, let, let's start with 80 yards for crying out loud. I, let, let, like, even if breaking the, the century mark, let, that's, let's... How uh, about just two yards on third and one? Yeah, that, that's that, what that, I'm that, asking I remember for. Jackson, had, he failed to pick up third and one, third and two, third and three, and... That's what you. That's th- those are that moves the chains and yep. it keeps it keeps the keeps defense it going. off yep. and, and. No, it was it was painful to watch. If you're a Colts fan, it was annoying because it's the same problem you've had. It's annoying because you have Jonathan Taylor right there, who's who's made plays like that for you over past years. And like Chris Ballard said over and over, it sucks. It sucks. It's, it it still does. Like watching this game was, was like just like I said, just brought that battle back into light not that it's going to turn the tables one way or the other but it just brought it back into the light it's a different part of the offense but you know it, it's making the layups mm-hmm. remember that that was his mm-hmm. criticism yep. with, 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 with you mentioned his name i, I, well, I wasn't, I wasn't going to mention his name i'm not afraid to say his name but, but he was trending this week 
yeah. on, on, on the Twitters because yeah, of the uh, Jets. Because of the Jets. Sorry, Mike. So was Matt Ryan. Can you imagine <laughs> Matt Ryan behind that Jets line? Like he, Rodgers dropped back three times and was pressured all three right. times. Ryan would get killed just like he was last year. You just want to say people, people did, don't get did it. Did you not watch Carson Wentz? Okay, I mean. He can uh, at least run around a little right. bit. Right. Matt Ryan is like, here he is. It's, it's like they put, they put an X back there five yards deep. So, but that—that's it, it. It just it's it's crazy how the national media doesn't pay attention, doesn't get things, but doesn't no, understand. But so no, that, that's why I say I think this is going to be a, a really uh, uh, telling weekend uh, for these two teams. These are these are the kind of teams you want to have for your homecoming in college. Mm-hmm. You know, where you think you got a good chance to win. But I, we were talking in the media room that. We'll get to our predictions in a little bit, but to me, this is a game that will that will determine whether you have a a bad year or a really bad year, record wise. Uh, you know, understanding that it, this is about the quarterback's growth, but they're, they're keeping score, so you're going to be something at the end of the year. And this schedule still is conducive to to to, to picking up some wins early. The Rams, I don't know what they are. I, I really don't. Still, they're going to have Cooper Cup. Uh, so this is a, you know Baltimore's gonna be a tough game, but this is a game. Doggone! If, if you're gonna be whatever the term competitive means to you, if you're gonna be competitive this year, find a way to win, which they couldn't do twice against a bad <laughs> Houston team oh, last year. Right? Flashbacks, goodness. Yeah. Like how how can you not win one of, of your two tries? And well, if, if not for a missed kick or a uh, intercept potential interception, the weather right through someone's hands. You know, zillion it was. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Um, the uh, Texans looking ahead to this week's game have a quite the lengthy uh, injury list, uh, much longer than the Colts. They have 12 players uh, on their injury list this week, and that includes uh, Jalen Petrie, uh, the safety uh, second year player who they have big, big hopes for. And safety um, Jimmy Ward, I'm sorry. And uh, yeah, safety missed. Jimmy Ward with a hip injury. So both both safeties and their tackle, your left tackle, Laramie Tunsil with a knee. None of those players practiced uh, on Wednesday. So all three of those pretty important players to what they want to do. Um, limited in practice on Wednesday, John Michi the third with a hamstring. Robert Woods was just a rest uh, day for for Woods, the wide receiver. Both of those two wide receivers, tight end Dalton Schultz, who I mentioned earlier with a thigh injury, tackled George Fant. So both their tackles right there uh, on the injury list. That's never good. And uh, their linebacker, who has uh, seemingly been there forever, Denzel Perryman. Uh, had an ankle or wrist uh, injury, ankle and a wrist injury. Uh, he was their leading tackler against the Ravens too. So, uh, so quite a few players are, are dealing with mix and knacks there in Houston too, and, and some important players uh, at that. So that, that's something we'll pay attention to throughout the week. You can follow us on Twitter at Colts Blue Zone for uh, for updates through that, for uh, through practices reports on Thursday and Friday, and we'll see exactly how banged up these teams are going to be when when they get to the field uh, on, on on Sunday afternoon. Uh, so. As, you, as we look ahead to this game, um, the, the kind of the storyline chap of, of the top uh, two of the top five picks, two of the top four picks uh, between Richardson and Stroud will probably be the, the, the main selling point of this game on, on a nationwide uh, spectacle. And uh, we, we talked to Richardson, Anthony Richardson, about that in the locker room this week. I thought he was he was pretty candid about how uh, in the past, back in college, like he, he kind of viewed that once. He viewed a game between himself and it was actually Will Levis. Will Levis, yeah. correct. Uh, it, it, and it was it was right after his big game. First game last Against year. Utah, right? Yeah, Florida beats Utah. Big upset win over Utah. That was at Utah. 
Like Richardson's getting all this Heisman buzz. He has three rushing touchdowns. He has this great jumping touchdown throw uh, in the red zone, which was a crazy, crazy play in and of itself. Then he goes into week two, and you see Will Levis, who's getting some buzz as a first-round quarterback pick, and he did not approach that game mentally in the right in he the took right. it on that he had to match up with Will Levis, right? which is never a good thing. No, you, you don't want to do that if, if you're a quarter. We'll talk about it, and it's, it's a storyline for us. Right. But for him, it, it, should, it shouldn't be a deal at all. You should be worried about Will Anderson. You should be worried about Jalen Petrie, Denzel Perryman, those guys on that side of the ball and what they're supposed to do, what their tendencies are. Like As a competitor, do you want to be better than the other quarterback? Sure you do, but that's not going to be your focus as you go into the week. And for him, at that point, it was. I guess there's a chance that we see just kind of some of the maturity, the, um, what's it called, the the mental growth from one we, year to the next Which we've seen him. from him. Yes, we have, completely. I would agree. Um, and so so that's that's got to be his uh, his approach this weekend. And not to avoid, uh, like last year when he had, I think, two interceptions that week too, no touchdowns, ran like six times for 12 yards, just just did nothing really to, to speak of. And he went out after that game, if I'm not – we talked to him before the season here. And that was sort of his flashpoint. Yes. Because he went out and got a, 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 a mental coach, uh, someone down there. And, and it's funny, the day we were talking to him at the Colts Complex, he said, as a matter of fact, I'm talking to my guy tomorrow. And sometimes we kind of scoff at these things, but it's, got, it, it's so much mental. This guy's got all the physical tools. He's got physical tools that, you know, 99.9% of the people don't have. So, but it, it's how you do things between the years. We've seen so many players who have so much going from Ryan Leaf, for crying out loud. Yep. And Tons I, of physical tools. Yeah, and there's he, it's the it factor that, that you know, just a small handful of guys have. And, and so he's going out of his way to, to kind of enhance that. But it started there. It started with the, with the Levis game where he said, you know, he, he let everything get to him, the pregame hype and all this stuff. And he sort of made it clear that I'm not going to let that happen again. Yep. And maybe one thing going for him here, Matt, is he's actually good friends with C.J. Stroud. So uh, you you have a good history with him. You've been to camps together. Like you've – that might alleviate some of the pressure, uh, I think, on him too, that you're just going out there and you have a friend on the opposite side of the field instead of a competitor on the opposite side of the field. That, that's a possibility. But nevertheless, it is something that you – if you're Richardson, you can't you can't think about too much as it is we, – we'll, we'll build it up as the number two versus the number we're, four. We're pick. allowed to. Exactly. You know? We can. So we, we can talk about these things. Yes. And, and if you're a Colts fan, you're going to do this for years. You're going to compare these two careers if indeed these guys go on to what both of these teams expect. You know, they, they want to uh, ha- extend them to the fifth year option. You know, you want to have a problem where uh, you have to sign them to what Jim Ursay says, billion dollar uh, can you, contracts. Can you imagine after Joe Burrow's contract, what, let, let's say two of these four quarterbacks in this year's draft hit it. Mm-hmm. So in what, like four years? Yeah. What's that contract going to be? It's going to be big. I mean, what's what 60, 70 yeah. million a year? Yeah, crazy. So, like, so over the length of a 15 year career, there's the chance. I mean, you keep on going up and up oh. and up. There's no, there's no yep. end. In Line sight always right goes now. up here. Yeah. Well, you know, these guys, Joe Burrow got that. Was it five for 275? Yeah. You, you, you laugh at like right now, looking back at movies like Jerry Maguire. Yeah. where uh, the receiver there, uh, Cuba Gooding Jr., like he was asking for like a couple million dollars a year as just a stud-wide receiver in the NFL, and they weren't giving it to him. And they wanted to give him like, you know, I, I, can't, I don't even remember what the offer was, but, but eventually it's like this biggest deal ever that he gets like a four-year, $7 million right. contract right. or something like that. And right now it's like, 
You, you do that for, for a nobody in, in the league right now. You do that for Ashton Duel. I shouldn't say Luke nobody, Rhodes. but Luke like Rhodes. Luke Rhodes and Ashton Duel, guys who are very much ancillary characters to, to an NFL team that, as I've pointed out earlier, are still important to an NFL team, a guy like Duel and a guy like Luke Rhodes, but not, not your all-star right, not all where your money's pro go. players. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, and that, that, was, that was just in the mid-'90s. That was just... What was it like? Like less than thirty years ago, it was that, and now here, maybe thirty years ago is a long time, especially to people who who are of the younger generation. Maybe I'm getting old, and maybe that this, this that's all this is evidence of. But but it's it's just crazy to me how much it has ballooned and will continue. to And do it's so. not gonna it's not gonna hit a ceiling. No, I don't think so. And she again, just think it. we talk about riches, and in, in five years, Joe Burrow gets another contract. Yep. I mean, and, and if he if if his arrow keeps going up, and it will, I mean. Last week was a total aberration, had to be. But the NFL is all about prioritizing, I don't know, three positions. Bosa got a pretty good contract, too. Mm -hmm. You know, quarterback pass rush and and, uh, left tackle Mm -hmm. and and receiver. I Mm -hmm. mean, that's what's what's crazy is – so, yeah, and you you have to know that at least two of these quarterbacks are going to make it. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, of course, the Colts hope. Right. They've got one of them. They're one of the two, yeah. Yeah. I'll say this, and I think, like, you alluded to that point, quarterback, left tackle, pass rush. This might have been the first game in a long time where Colts fans can feel decent about all three of those positions because – I thought Quiddy played played well. I thought Quiddy played well. I thought he had a pretty good game. I I think we've probably all, myself included, have been a little bit critical because he's not given us – 12, 13, 14 sacks. You know, injuries have been a factor, but I just don't know that that's who he is. Someone in the press room made a real good point, comparison, that he's reminds him of, of Jabal Sherry. That's what I said last week on this yeah, podcast. Yeah, and doggone, that's not bad. No, not it, at it's, all. It's just that you took him to be to be Robert Mathis or Freeney, which is which was unfair. Right. But but I I, I think. It'll be an interesting decision. Do, do they do they do the fifth year option on Quiddy? Mm-hmm. If what we saw Sunday is what we're going to get, sure you do. Yeah, because it's it's going to be like with Michael Pittman. If you don't extend him, you're going to pay at least that much next year to, to find somebody else. And that too, yes, exactly. So yeah, when you get your own, you know, in some cases with the Colts, it's been. You, you've been right with your draft picks, and you've overpaid. If you want to make the argument with, with Shaq and and Braden and all these guys, but at least it's a decision you have to make. Yeah. So it, it's. But I, I was extremely pleased with Quiddy. Uh, you know, I thought the defensive line, Buck and Grover. It, that's that, that's a given every, mm-hmm. every week. That that front seven, linebackers with, with Zaire and Shaq and and EJ Speed. That's pretty good. As pretty long good as they're group. not on the field too much, like, like we've said, like, <laughs> they, yeah. they no. can't they can't be on the field for uh, for consistently throughout the second half. Like after three and out, after three and out, after three and out, after because it, it just wears themselves. you down yeah. after a while. Like you can be a really good front seven and still struggle in the fourth quarter, which is what we saw from them last year, and I think the entire weight of the season weighed on them at the end of the year last year too. 
And then we saw it here in game one that it, it can't continue like that. But as we look forward to this weekend, Colts are one and a half point favorites over the Houston Texans. Uh, they, the line for the game or the, the, the over under, I should say, is uh, 39 and a half. Not exactly a rousing game suspected by, uh, by Vegas. A 20 to 19 ball game right there. Is, is perhaps what they think. And like I, I tweeted it out last week after uh, after week one. I was surprised that the Colts actually opened, I saw somewhere, as underdogs, like one and a half point underdogs to the Texans. But now they're one That's and a half point. Has, has yes, it. it's one or one and a half point favorites now uh, down in Houston. What? Based on what? I don't know. It beats me. Both teams lost. And yeah. The Colts didn't look as bad losing as yeah. Houston did. Exactly. They, they didn't look quite as bad. They looked maybe a little bit more explosive on offense. Maybe they could score a few points against two probably pretty good defenses. That's what Vegas right. thinks to set the over under at 39 and a half. Um, so, so that, that's the expectation. Like these teams to me, like they've, they've played some games in the past that have, have had some big numbers. Like we saw last year and in, in, at the end of the year, that was a pretty big high scoring game. I forget the exact final, but it was a high scoring game. Um, week one was 20 to 20 last year. So that was like a man that, that we don't need to talk about too much. <laughs> Um, but there have been some big performances in the past, like some big offensive outputs. Uh, but so yeah, a couple of them, a couple of years ago, they 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 hinged on uh, takeaways at the at the goal line. They did, yes. Shaq batting the ball away, and then who yep. I don't know whether it was Kenny Moore. Kenny yep. Moore recovered one, but it was the Sean Watson fumble, and yep. then the, the receiver was it Kiki uh, Kiki Kuti. Yeah, at that point. So and that, that that's what this game will be. It, yeah. it, it's who who makes or doesn't make that mm-hmm. that. Two three plays in the fourth. Yeah, quarter. like 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 this past week, week one, Anthony Richardson had the ball in the fourth quarter, down, chance to drive and score and tie it up, take the lead through an interception. You're going to get that from the rookie. Right. Like what what happens this weekend? Wh- which rookie is able to succeed? Which rookie is able to fail? Because you figure it's not going to be a 38 to zero ball game in the fourth quarter on, on, on either side of this. No. There's going to be an opportunity there in the fourth quarter for someone to make a play. Can Richardson do it on the road in his first road start? Can CJ Stroud do it here at home with the weight of the with the uh, the support of the Houston folks and, and the crowd behind him? Like what what's it going to be? That that's what it's going to come down to. Crunch time plays. Can can Quiddy Payer DeForest Buckner get the strip sack at the most important time in the game? You know, like all that stuff. So I, I'd be remiss. I, I did talk about this a little bit in the Monday podcast, but that was one of the crazier touchdowns I have ever seen. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that was insane. I I, I loved Zaire's uh, locker room. What he said in the locker room to us was basically he said. I was just trying to be a bleep hole uh, by punching that we've out. Seen, we've seen you do that in practice. Yeah, exactly. Just boom, goes for the ball. And uh, it turns out that, well, like like I saw it and I thought it was a fumble live. The, the, the ref threw the beanbag. Exactly. When they throw the beanbag, it's a fumble. That's a fumble. And you, you've got to be on your P's and Q's. And their rookie running back, Tank Bigsby, was not. And uh, if he had taken off right away, he could have scored mm-hmm, a touchdown right. on the other side. But, yeah, that was, that was an insane play. Absolutely crazy. And, and you credit Zaire for, well, he might have had an, an ulterior motive, as he put it. Right. Uh, but, but he nevertheless, he did it. Still turns into a heads-up play. And Buckner picked it up, and Buckner said he was not going to let an offensive lineman tackle him. He also wasn't going to lateral. No, he wasn't going to do that. Because Shaq was kind of there with him. If I'm a defensive lineman. I'm nope. not getting rid of the ball. Nope, I got this opportunity, and I'm down inside the ten. At this point, right. it's it's me or nobody. So and he, and he it could have been even crazier. He almost fumbled mm-hmm. going into the end zone. So Can close. you imagine oh, that being so a touchback? Close. I, I, which is still the worst rule yes, in the NFL. Exactly, the terrible rule. To, to you're rewarding the, the the offense for doing nothing. Yeah, 
So anyway, all, all that to say, uh, it's time for us for us to make our predictions for this week. Uh, Colts Texans this week uh, weekend in uh, in Houston. Uh, I'll, I'll go first. Matt goes second. Chapel go go third. And kind of as Chap alluded to earlier, this is this is a game that. Like if, if you're a Colts fan, you're optimistic for this year. Like, and if you bet on the over six and a half wins, like this is a game you need. You you need to you need to take care of Houston, uh, which is a, a team that is in a very similar situation to you. If you want to challenge to hit over uh, over that number for this year, if you lose and if it doesn't look so good in Houston, then this is going to be a long season. You figure so so you're probably going to learn something about the Colts at least where they are early in the year for the first half of the season. Uh, in this game this weekend. I, I like the Colts' offensive weapons better than Houston right now. Their defenses are probably pretty similar um, in, terms of, in terms of what we learned from them in week one. Um, if Zach Moss comes back, that is a help. I'm not going to say it solves the running game, but maybe you can at least get to three yards per carry, 3.2 or 3.3. That'd be fantastic. Baby steps. Exactly. Like I said, baby Literally. steps. And so a baby step would be a win in Houston. I am picking the Colts this week to even things up in their in their schedule, uh, in their, in their um, record. Uh, they, uh, they go one and one on the year after they beat the Texans by the final score of 17 to 14 or 17 to 13 a a thrilling game down there in houston a low scoring affair where defenses kind of uh, have have the upper hand on each other and like we said it comes down to the fourth quarter uh the colts are able to make the play that's necessary to to get the win so 17 13 colts for me matt what do you think i very very similar thoughts on that i'm going to go slightly higher scoring but not too much 23 20 um it'll depend you know is the moment too big for Anthony Richardson? This is his first road game, that sort of thing. But so far, he's shown that you know nothing has phased him yet. So I, I think they go in. I, I do think they're a little bit better at the skill positions than than Houston is, and I do think they come away with uh, one of the wins that they're going to get this year. All right, chap. I'll one up you. I've got twenty four twenty. Yeah. Okay. And, and I, I think there's more of a chance of the moment being too big for Stroud at home. Mm-hmm. With all that, and I think Richardson's game is conducive to travel. I guess I mean w- w- with the way he he can run the ball, and so yeah, I, I think again, and what we talked about, if you're going to have something resembling a, a nice season, you got to beat Houston. If you can't beat Houston, you know it's going to be really, really a bad year. That that all we're going to be caring about is, is the quarterback growth, and and not. Two wins, three wins, seven wins. So, so if you're going to watch the game, check out Fox 59 Sunday afternoon, 1 p.m. If you're in Central Indiana, and also join us for the Blue Zone pregame show, 11:30 a.m. That's over on CBS4. Check out Mike's work uh, writing for everything that he's heard in the Colts locker room over uh, the week online, Fox59.com. Good stuff from Reggie today. Yeah, Always what? good stuff from Reggie. Reggie Wayne, that oh, good. is a Reg- Reggie column. Yeah, so you love, love Reggie columns. Yeah. Yes, you never know what we're going to get. Or at least a Reggie notebook or something. Yeah, along exactly. those Reggie's fun. Reggie's fun. He's great. So check it out there, and uh, we'll see you uh, next week, win or lose, uh, for, uh, down in Houston uh, to recap it all and preview week three. But uh, got to get to week two first. So we'll see you next time. Uh, for Matt and Mike, I'm Dave. This has been the Colts Blue Zone Podcast.